Hi, Matt McDonough. You know, there are times when you're out there looking for the most perfect podcast for you. And I'm here to let you know that you don't have to look anymore. There's a special podcast network out there called the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. They've got everything you could possibly ever look for in a podcast. Everything. So, if you're looking for something to fill your ear holes, or just something nice to listen to, head on over to tangentboundnetwork.com. Click on the channels link, and go ahead, listen to your heart's content. Here at Tangent Bound Network, we'll leave the mics on for you. This is Sarah Miller from Ink Master Season 2, and I have issues. Hey guys, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, and I, I did that thing again where I started having a conversation before um, introducing both the show and my guest. Uh, today's a uh, recurring guest. Uh, he was actually on the show. This is going back. Oh wow, this is what late last year, right? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because you were um, one of our guests on on the old podcast, Adrian Atlas Have Issues. So while you are a returning guest, you're technically a first time guest, uh, considering the reboot. But yep. either way, this is the second time I'm chatting with you on a podcast, so it's it's been a long time coming. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Steve Kassan. Steve, how's it going, man? Doing good, man. Doing really good. So it's been a while. So now the very first time you talked you were currently in a series of contests to try to get your project wasted off the ground um correct yeah. this is always a good place to start though so i'm gonna start for anyone who doesn't know please tell them what wasted was about okay wasted is a zombie action stoner comedy it's basically about a group of friends that have big adventures when a zombie apocalypse happens but they not only fight zombies they fight monsters they fight mutants the fight gangs is pretty much having fun when the whole world turns to crap. Because everything <laughs> everything that involves a, an apocalypse or a reset or something catastrophic, it's always sour and oh, it's always uh, it's always depressing. I mean, right. Walking Dead's a fun show. It's a good show to watch. It's a well-made show. But man, it's depressing as hell. And now Fear the Walking Dead is practically the same thing. It is depressing. But therein lies... Something where, wait a minute, the whole world is reset. I don't have to work. I don't have to go to school. I don't have to do any. I don't even have to pay the government. Hell, I can do whatever I want. And that's what Wasted is. It's, ha- it's looking at the brighter side when everything turns to crap. And we had had such a great time talking about this because we, if I remember correctly, we had this whole debate on what would be like the best form to dispatch zombies, whether it be like using horseback or which weapons would be essential in killing zombies. So we had a whole bunch of fun. And since then, though, I mean, you've pretty much been all over and not only, of course, working on Wasted and trying to get that going. But I mean, you're a filmmaker by trade, so you've been on tons of other projects. So really, in a way, what I'm asking is, what have you been up to since the last time we chatted? Okay, well, uh, luckily, this Saturday in uh, Toronto has uh, not only the Toronto International Film Festival is happening, but also so co- alongside that is the Caribbean Tales uh, International Film Festival, where it was a one uh, this property I'm also co-produced called Out of Time. It's a time travel uh, drama adventure, and that's premiering. We're premiering our feature cut, meaning that originally Out of Time was a mini web series purely to be made for digital content, but also we made a feature length cut out of it. So, which is a uh, an hour and thirty minutes. So, we're going to premiere that at the Caribbean Tales Festival because my co-producer is from Barbados, and uh, hell, Barbados is in the Caribbean, unless I'm wrong, <laughs> unless they nuke it from somewhere else. <laughs> I was just like, Carmen San Diego took like the yeah. whole island and just moved it elsewhere just for shits and giggles. Exactly. 
I mean, forget. Why don't we just rename it to Genosha? Nice. But all students there, you know. So, <laughs> so no, no. But the thing is that also there's a lot of uh, Caribbean actors as well in Out of Time. So, well, it fits if you got a Caribbean cast and a Caribbean uh, filmmaker. So, duh. Yeah, so, no, it makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're premiering that there, but also it's also to say that, yeah, you know, like uh, when it comes to colored folks and okay, I'm, I'll just say it right now. When it comes to colored folks and black people, it's not just Tyler Perry movies or hood movies. You know, we can make sci-fi properties. Right. There are black nerds out there. So it's just to show that, yeah, we do exist. Exactly. And you've been talking to one this entire time. So you know what? That's what was so cool about going back to Wasted and some of your other projects that I remember seeing online is that particular trailer for that, you have a pretty diverse cast and not even one of those ways where it's like, oh, look, look at me being diverse or trying to pat yourself on the back. It just seemed really cool. Like, hey, these guys are, you know, from different backgrounds. And yet it was just this great project. So it was really cool how you managed to pull that off. And that's the thing, like when we talk about it initially is that, you know, it's not it's not just say, oh, look, we have diversity. Come look at us, you know. It's more say no. This, these are my friends. These are the people I grew up with, and with that, and also like wasted being a comedy, we can push the boundaries of what uh, a zombie type thing is or a post-apocalyptic property is. With wasted being a comedy, as I said, we can push each other in terms of like okay, we can make fun of each other, but we know that you know it's cool because we take it because it's all right with us. We're friends and we grew up like that. I'm sure like when you got your friends, you know, you go beyond uh, when you you cross the line when it comes to jokes. But we're all cool. We're all tight. Right. It's OK. You know, if an outsider sees if an outsider hears that, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? They got on their keyboard and they start talking. <laughs> shit. But I'm like, no, no, man, it's cool. Like I can. He can call me uh, this. I can call him that. And it's all right. And that's the dynamic we have with the characters. It's come to that level where, yeah, it's fine. It's sort of like with the Bundys. You remember when Married with Children? They all made fun of each other. Bud called uh, Kelly a slut all the time. But when when someone else like came in and started a ruckus, they all banded together and as a family. <laughs> that, that's kind of how that dynamic works where I think about me and my siblings or even my best friends where it's like, yeah. you know, if, if you're not. And again, you, you make it's well within, you know, reason or whatever boundaries you guys define. But if, if you're not kind of riffing on each other a little bit, you know, that's when you start wondering, OK, are, are things OK between us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and one of the main things about Wasted, as I said, like it only sticks with us friends. We don't bring anyone else into the group. No, it's just us. We just go out there. We stick it to us. It's guys. like the Just Us League. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just us. We're the mystery men. Nobody come. Nobody else comes in because once somebody else comes in, then we got problems, man. No, no, no. <laughs> we keep it small. We keep it as a tight unit. Five max. Keep it at five. That's one of our rules. <laughs> keep it at five. Uh, fuel up the whip. Get more beer. Get more weed. Go get supplies. Kill anybody. <laughs> You mean everybody, <laughs> anyone who has to mess with me and my survival. That's the rules for me. <laughs> but it's so, <laughs> but it's just it's so funny to me because I think about shows like The Walking Dead, and I hate to go back to that, or other shows if it's elk, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, here you are. Well, no, Walking Dead, that's like what set in Georgia, is it? I can't remember where that's actually. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. but even then, I'm like, okay, you get a, a show where like a pretty, you know big area the zombie apocalypse i'm like where did all the black people go like where did all the yeah. like i don't know exactly how many like agents there are in georgia like so i, I please I, I don't mean to offend anybody but it's just like where did everybody go i'm like you mean to tell me that like all of a sudden like <laughs> the <laughs> what did the census bureau come in and just have like a fit <laughs> but that but that's the thing you can't have too many black people you, you gotta you gotta kill them off michonne is yeah michonne is like she's safe but you gotta kill off the rest man I know, because there was what there was those Tyree. Who was the other guy? Um, uh, basically, everybody from the Wire they kill off. Yeah, they, and I'm yeah. like, how do you kill off everybody from the Wire? The show's amazing. <laughs> See, hey. Stringer Bell wouldn't put up with that shit. I'm no, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. <laughs> Hell no. And, <laughs> See, there we go. They're missing a golden opportunity. What they should do is remake the Wire, all original cast, but do it in Baltimore during a zombie apocalypse. Oh my gosh. That'll be some. You know what? They should get Avon Barksdale in uh, in Walking Dead, or at least Fear the Walking Dead. Throw in Avon. Wait, wasn't he in one of those like sci-fi zombie type shows? Or not? Wasn't zombies? I could have sworn he was in like something recently. Well, I don't know. They pop up everywhere. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, you know, like also with zombies, it's getting it's getting tiresome as well. So like we waste, we want to like change it up. So we're gonna add in bringing like as I said, mutants. We're gonna add in monsters. Like hell, even Resident Evil changed up. Right. Like they knew like you can't uh, stick with zombies like forever. They had Nemesis. Then even Resident Evil Four, they they changed the whole thing. Now four was that the one? Oh, that's right. That was the one Leon where you're like in uh, Europe. Yeah. Yeah, in some like Portuguese village. Oh, or something that like game that. still scares the crap out of me so much. Yeah, yeah. It was just that game. It wasn't frightening because it's like you know how like the first few games were scary, but the idea of you're one guy in this area where there's like massive amount of villagers, like that one scene, like the first level where you enter the house, all of a sudden they all start storming the house, and you have to like survive for like four or five minutes. And they start like putting up ladders. There's a guy with a chainsaw. I'm just like, come on. Like, see that way. And then it's like, okay, I got two bullets left and I have to somehow kill 30 monsters. Yeah. Like, what do you expect me to do? Then I got to go see the other guy. Uh, Who's like, oh, what does he say all the time? When you go for your inventory list? Oh, yes. There's that weird looking guy. Yeah, he's the guy. He's He's like the the robot or something, right? Yeah, yeah. What was his name? This is going to kill me now. What was his name? Wait, we, we got the internet. We can look it up. I'm going to look it up right now. Resident yeah. Evil 4 in... Oh, YouTube. BoobTube. Let's see. Uh, what was it like? What was he kind of like a... Um, yeah, he always a like... Yeah, it was a merchant. Yeah. He's like, what would be your pleasure? So, something like that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's funny. Like, you go on YouTube, there's actually like a whole clip on all of his quotes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The merchant quotes. Yeah, this guy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they, they have modern him, too. Oh, we can spend hours doing this and so talking we're supposed to do. i'm probably gonna get like sued by capcom for playing this i don't know if you can hear this or not i know but, but, hey hey if capcom takes notice that's good sue me <laughs> i've only got one season desist from like a music blog once that was fun oh really oh let me turn this off um it was funny because on and off i'm trying to start it back up i haven't done it in a year but i do this music blog called hop snobbery and it's basically like a bunch yeah. of indie rock unsigned bands and there's a band, I think they were from the UK. They had released this video that I posted. And I guess um, when I released the video, when I posted it, you know, I tagged them in it. I got an email from the singer and she was thanking me. He's like, oh, thanks for all, you know, the kind words and everything. But um, how did you get a hold of this video? And I'm like, what do you mean how did you get a hold of this video? Um, it was posted on their YouTube page, but I guess their management team or somebody must have posted it without their knowledge. She's like, um, thanks a lot, but is it okay if you take it down? Because it turns out that wasn't supposed to go up yet. Oh, then why the hell is it on YouTube page? Yeah, and I'm like, I didn't do anything illegal, but it was already on your YouTube page. And I sent her the link and she confirmed and it's like, okay, cool. So tell you what, we'll, when we release the finished version, then you know, you'll at least have the, the real one. So I'm like, shoot. At one end, I felt like kind of really embarrassed because i'm like well i wasn't trying to do anything illegal but at the same time it's like hey <laughs> they're paying attention enough to you know tell me about it so yeah exactly they're paying attention <laughs> and they should put a finished version up damn what's wrong with these yeah TVs? i was like it was so weird i'm like how did they then who posted this i guess maybe someone from their team got a little overzealous but yeah man resident evil that was awesome did you play six no i i stopped at five Oh, good, good, good. I was about to say, <laughs> if you haven't played six, yeah. it's an interesting idea because there's three different storylines with, you know, two characters each, but each scenario is supposed to play differently. Like Leon and his partner, it's supposed to be like your traditional going into the creepy houses and like abandoned areas, Resident Evil. Then you get Chris and his partner who they're supposed to be like these elite soldiers. So theirs is more of a shooter. And then like the third one's supposed to fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and it was a good idea, but it's just like nothing made sense in that game, and it was just aggressively awful. Oh damn! Ugh. Wait, is that the way? Is six in in Haiti? Well, one was in like some European country. Um, was it France or Russia? Uh, yeah, yeah. four is in France. No, no, I mean four is in that that place in like yeah in the Euro European country. Yeah, I think four five was like the one that was like in Africa. I think. Yeah. Okay. So then where was six? And that's the thing. Six? I don't even know where six, like, where it was. That's how little I cared about that game. (laughs) (laughs) 
So by now, it's near the beginning of September, close to the middle. And well, summer's over. How many movies did you get to check out this summer? I caught a bunch. Uh, not everything, but I caught, like, I guess, all the major ones, I would say. Are you able to do like maybe like a top? I was gonna say top five, which may be a little oh, bit sure. difficult, but oh yeah, totally. Let's see. Let's go top three because three okay. three might be a little bit easier. Yeah. So I would say summer movie wise, what were your top three favorites? Uh, top three of this year. I mean, this yeah. summer. Okay, so number three, Mad Max Fury Road. Really, that's your number three. Now that's I'm shocked number- because I know that ranks high on a lot of people's list. So now I'm really interested to hear what your first two are. It's very close. This is it's very close. It's straight out of Compton. Oh, see, I didn't even get a chance to see that yet. Yeah, For me, I think Straight Outta Compton is the movie of the summer. All right, so now that we're talking about this, so um, we might get to some spoilers here, so if you haven't seen this, um, you might want to maybe jump ahead or anything. All right, so now I'm interested. Yeah. So what what is it about this movie that you found so captivating? For for me, honestly, is that having lived through the period, and also, wait, so, uh, still, talk about spoilers. Spoilers for what? Life? What do you mean? For music? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Easy's dead. There you go. Dr. Dre owns a million billion dollar company. But can you believe though there are these are the same people that when like look like every time like let's say Hunger Games or like Lord of the Rings would come out, they'd be like, Oh, don't spoil it for me. I'm like, these are books. Yeah, it's there already. Just go Wikipedia. I mean, hell, you know <laughs> how Ice Cube turned out. <laughs> He's making this no, funny. I'm... Shit. <laughs> See, so unfortunately what? you had to <laughs> What do you spoil it for? Oh, oh, <laughs> How did these guys become famous? I don't know. Look, go to MTV. But here's the scary part, though. That was what? Late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, yeah. Enough time has passed that there's someone who probably went to go see that movie. Maybe someone younger who probably had no idea that like Ice Cube was a gangster rapper. Yeah, that's true. But And that's scary to me, though. But okay, is, maybe... I'll... That is very scary. But, but then again, like when it comes to... Uh, like Say like when we were growing up, then someone... Uh, Oh yeah, one of my uncles uh, told me, or uh, so, you know, Clint Eastwood was a badass. I'm like Clint Eastwood. And then he showed me all these old cowboy movies. Like, oh wow, yeah, he was a badass. Yeah. So I guess like it, it's it, it's generational. But then you gotta, you still gotta undo your history and see, okay, like what's the deal with these guys, right? And yeah, you'd be shocked how many people don't do that though. I know. So. And the thing is, we have the internet. The like we just use the internet to look up exactly. some guy from Resident Evil Four, so I'm sure people can use it for far more educational purposes. Exactly. You know, anybody listening, go listen to Ice Cube's first four albums: America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate, uh, and uh, and the other two, Lethal Injection, and uh, just one more. Yeah, his first four uh, solo albums. See, I was always bigger, like, I guess, East Coast hip-hop, so unfortunately, but, like, it was a little bit later on before I kind of started to listen to those guys. Oh, uh, here we go. The Predator. That's the one. Oh, was the, yeah, The Predator. So, America's Most Wanted, that's the figure, Predator, and Lethal. But then uh, Ice Cube did come over to the East, right? Started working with the uh, Public Enemy and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, which of course, by that time he started to do movies and such. All right, I, I, we're getting off track. I'm oh, so yeah, sorry. yeah, that's okay. So, uh, okay, so America's <laughs> Most Wanted. Um, I mean, no, I don't, not America's Most Wanted. <laughs> Straight out of Compton. Uh, for me, uh, why that I think is a movie of summer is uh, there's a there's a really big energy about it. It's two hours, but the two hours goes by so fast. And for me personally, there's a as I said, there's an energy about it when you watch it, and there's a vibrancy to it. It also calls back to my childhood and seeing things which I saw and I lived through. Not like lived through in East in, in Compton and all that, but lived through through the music. And seeing how these these individuals like started from like really started from the bottom to quote Drizzy, but <laughs> 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 really started from the streets and how they became huge superstars, and the film practically solidifies that yeah these people, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Easy E, even MC Ren, and they are pop culture icons now. For example, I did a couple of days of a background on Suicide Squad. When they were shooting in Toronto, and oh, see some of the cool. production assistants with this one production assistant girl wore a T-shirt of Ice Cube when he had the Jerry Curl and everything. And to me, when you have your face on a T-shirt, you become an icon, right? It's like it's uh, that's the ultimate thing. Is like have someone else wear your face on a T-shirt. That's unimaginable. So to me, it solidifies that, and it's it's a feeling that when you watch, I would say, when you watch a movie, you get. Uh, to me, it's like you get that really like cool raw feeling about it and the thing is that 
straight out of Compton really showcases that. Uh, to me, uh, and I think it's great. It's honestly a movie of the summer. It totally beats everything else. However, though, my number one film that I've seen so far, and I think it's, for me personally, the best film of the year, is Dope. I was about to just say that. That was definitely in my list. How how great was that movie? That's a cool movie. That is the best movie of the year. I think so. And it's amazing. Like The budget for that movie was like... I don't want to say non-existent, mm-hmm. but it was what made for what a like only like a, a few million, if that. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm actually gonna look this up while you while you talk. I'm gonna look this up because I, it was like a really weird, like low number for as far as how much like they they made that movie for, and then how much they ended up grossing. Yeah, exactly. And I th- and I think also for dope for me is that it's a uh, it's a mix. How I described it to others. Yeah, it's a mix of like juice and and geek properties. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like your team caper movies. Yeah, like remember like when John Cusack used to do like those movies like One Crazy Summer and what was the other one like? Not Better Off Dead. Um, what's the heck is the other one? Like you know what I mean? Like those yeah, weird um, sort of like those those hapless dorks kind of get into these exactly, stupid yeah. situations. Yeah, yeah. I was in Pennsylvania at a convention, and as soon as I left the convention, like across the street from the hall, there was a movie theater. I'm like, oh shoot, let's see what's out. Yeah. Like, oh, I wanted to see dope. The theater was relatively empty. It was like me and maybe like four other people. Mm-hmm. Saw the movie, I enjoyed it, but when I left, I'm like, I had no opinion about it. I'm like, well, that you know, that was you know, some good use of my time. Yeah. And then it literally took about three days to think back on it. And like, holy shit, that movie was incredible. Yeah. It's a really incredible movie. I, and I think also like for when it, how it relates to straight out of Compton, for me, uh, growing up, listening to the music also dope showcases and gives people who don't know this, this whole subculture of, of nerds, the black nerd or the colored, right. Right. Like you and I, as I said, without of time. Yeah, we do exist. And it was so funny because I was cracking up at that one part where he mentions that his favorite band was the Thermals. And I'm like, I'm right there with you, man. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's one of my favorite bands. And it's like, you never would have known that from looking at this kid. Yeah, I, I'm into white people shit like anime and Donald Glover, so, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> the Donald, and the thing I realized, it, I think I was probably the darkest person in that theater out of like the four or five others. And there were certain lines that just like I laughed a little too hard at because I could tell it was the one lady next to me that kept looking over i guess she was like am i allowed to laugh at that i'm like look if i'm laughing i think you should be okay and, and it's crazy because like most of the like guys i know or other filmmakers i know who are not only black but also brown and we talk about dragon ball z all the time with our with our chinese and vietnamese friends right it's like we're all quoting about dragon ball z and we all quote about full metal alchemist and all these other anime properties and it's just crazy i read this article about problems of a black nerd and how when you look at what a nerd is still on tv it's still you get your stereotype of what you think a nerd is supposed to look like you know right but there is also the subculture and other there's other group out there also the fact is what dope also brings about is that okay where does this the main character malcolm where does he fit in like he's not really black but he's not really accepted as a nerd you know what I mean? So he falls into this middle ground. And that's where like some of my friends, uh, some of my filmmaker friends also fall in too. Like, I know one of my buddies, he's, uh, his dad is like pure, like OG. But then when you look at him, it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, so who's, wait, so how did, how did this happen? Yeah, exactly. Like, what? Yo, you don't, you don't play basketball, man. What's wrong with you? I'll play a contact sport if I have yeah. to, but the idea of running and dribbling is a concept I still haven't gotten a hold yeah. of. So, <laughs> and that's the thing with TV and movies, right? Like, uh, even the culture moves fast on the street, but on TV, it doesn't reflect that as much. It doesn't, it's not fast enough. No, and it's kind of, it's a snail's pace if you really think yeah. about it. Like, they're just now catching up to things that were going on, like, let's say the 90s. And they've moved so far beyond uh, what's, what's really going on. And that's why it's even funny that so many things that people considered either underground or like a subculture, like, not really. And especially with how geek culture or whatever has now expanded into the mainstream. Yeah. Now there's no excuse as to why you're still portraying it in this one particular light when now there's so many examples as to why that's not true anymore. 
But also, you know, with, with geek culture is that this is already a popular culture. Is it already franchise culture, you know? That is true. Because, okay, you can say like, oh, I'm a, fan, I'm a geek because I watch Star Wars movies. I watch Star Trek. And uh, I like Batman because, you know, Batman's everything. Because yeah, he's Batman. Well, asshole, Batman's been around for like 75 years. Like, friggin' Star Wars has made all this gazillions of money. It's owned by Disney. Star Trek has how many series, like, based on it? Of course you're gonna see something. Yeah, of course you're gonna see something. You know, it's popular TV. It's popular culture. It's not, like, a geek property. If you told me that, yeah, you know, uh, my favorite superhero is Night Thrasher. Okay. Then then we got something. <laughs> I don't think Night Thrasher is anybody's favorite. <laughs> if he's yours, I apologize, because I think I might have just insulted you. <laughs> no, no, no. But he was a cool character, dude. I don't, oh yeah, yeah, nothing against them, but I just don't know how many people would say like that would be theirs. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? If you told me that, okay, my favorite character of all time is Moon Knight, and okay, you know, that's something. oh, he's definitely on that list. Though. Yeah, when we first um, talked to you on the other podcast, yeah, you know, you had professed your love of Daredevil, like one of your favorite yeah. superheroes mm-hmm. at a time, and especially even when you know when you made that declaration, yeah, the the comics were getting a little bit more popular because I know Mark Wade's run was very. Was yeah. very good, uh, very well received. But then a Netflix show came out, and now that's like I know he's he he's been upgraded. He's like he's not even really like a D lister anymore. So it's like shoot, yeah. It's like you know a, an obscure character like that is now you know put in the forefront. So I guess uh, I shouldn't say nothing's safe, but it's a definitely <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's on devil's dick right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to make that the name of the episode, but I don't think people would understand. <laughs> but, but it's true. Like, it, it's funny because, like, uh, Fanex would just happen here in, in Toronto. And I remember, like, a couple of years ago, like, I can only find, like, one or two Daredevil stuff to buy. But to this year, I found, I bought, like, two hats, two Daredevil hats, a Daredevil wallet. There were tons of other shirts going on. So, I mean, it's great that the character is getting more things. It is kind of jarring because there's something that you're so used to really only a few people knowing yeah. to now it being like, and I'm not going to lie. Like it's it, at the end of the day, it is very cool, but there's always still that part of you that's like, it's hard to get a grasp of like, man, who would have thought this was a thing. But you know, at the end of the day, if a property of which I'm in becomes this overnight success and we're getting paid, if Adrian has issues is on iTunes, it becomes the biggest thing. You get called up into serious. Howard Stern's like, Adrian, I want you to be on serious. And people pay to listen to you. You know what? That's all good. Fine. <laughs> Take it. I. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I'd be like, wait. Th- I think the first episode would be me just asking a question. It's like, all right, to use listening. Like, why? wait, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know, this used to be free, right? <laughs> it's like, no, I want to listen to your issues, man. Well, you're going to hear that, though. But, <laughs> oh, man. See, now it's like, I'm so, I'm so glad someone else had had seen Dope. And I'm actually wondering, though, do you, do you think there's any hope for it during um, award season? Or is yeah, it too early to have a release? I, I think it's uh, it's very too, it's too indie, I think. It's too, uh, let, let's be honest, it's too black. It's too geek, you know? <laughs> and that would be a shame because I think, okay, look at it this way. I just pulled up the numbers. Um, Let's see. Its budget was 700 thousand dollars estimated yeah it grossed over well over well at this point it's like 16 million as of august 28th mm-hmm. considering that it's kind of like one of those indie success stories that and it's funny to me that and i i hate to you know play that card because part of me almost doesn't want to but yet we've heard more about the failure of fantastic four i know we've heard about the success of dope i know which is another like messed up thing don't get me wrong. I, I hate of that story left and right from a sheer, yeah, yeah. I guess, always being a fan of film. I, I'm sorry. I'm that person who I always love hearing like the ins and outs of like, you know, when the yeah. studios and filmmakers go back to back because that's something that you don't really hear too much of. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, years ago, like as far as Apocalypse Now being like one of the most well-received movies of all time. And then, of course, what was the documentary Heart of Darkness? Yeah. And then you hear all the horror stories. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what happened to these guys? Could you imagine if there was like Facebook and Twitter during that? Oh my, imagine Facebook and Twitter like when, uh, when the Star Wars was filming. People were like, what the hell is this stupidness? Luke Skywalker? That's a stupid name. Oh man, that's... Chewbacca? You got a, a seven foot... Oh, what the Wookiee? Oh, this thing's so gonna fail. Hashtag don't see it. Hashtag fail fail film at this time we always talk about how it was this huge success story but 
no one ever talks about the behind the scenes and did the studio really actually did the 20s did fox really think it was going to be that successful of a movie or did they think it was going to tank like these those are the stories you don't really hear much anymore because it's all kind of become legend now where you like to think that everybody all of a sudden knew that this thing was going to be this this massive success but i can imagine as you're putting that movie together a studio exec saying like we're gonna be broke we're like we're we're in the toilet yeah then you get all these idiots like online talking trash about your movie before it ever comes out like whoa, whoa hold on a minute because <laughs> I guess at that point, <laughs> I'm sure, like, I can imagine half the people being very confused, like, seeing, I guess, whatever advertisements there were. Because, of course, I'm sure once they saw the movie, then they, like, ran home and it's like, holy shit, dude, you got to check out the Star Wars movie that just came out. Yeah, like, if you think about it, it's like, if you take away all the fandom and all the nostalgia we have for Star Wars, it's really corny as hell, right? <laughs> it really is. I mean, I love it to yeah. death, but, I mean, especially those first few, I mean, wow. Okay, everybody loves Han, right? Right. But uh, but then, if you're really watching it with, with with fresh eyes and you have no nostalgia towards it or anything or influence, and you're looking at this guy, he's a jerk. Why am I liking this guy? You know, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> have you ever read? Um, I think it was a comic. It was called The Star Wars, where they took Lucas' original script before all the rewrites and all the changes, and they made a comic. I think based on those those original treatments. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have heard of it, but I haven't actually read the thing. Oh, if you get a chance to check them out, and it's like, as as far as you say how corny it probably seemed at first, it was far, it was was much, I shouldn't say worse, but it was definitely, it was not the same thing, and you're almost glad that they made a lot of the decisions that they did at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I even have, I have this uh, Star Wars, like, art book, and they have all the older illustrations, or the initial designs of... uh, C-3PO and Darth Vader and everything like that. I was like, when some of these designs are like, oh, good thing they changed it. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I don't know. It might have been. It might have looked cool. Who, like, who knows? Darth Vader was more samurai because, as uh, was it, Star Wars was based on uh, this one uh, Kurosawa film called Hidden Fortress, and it was basically Hidden Fortress was basically it was set in feudal, feudal Japan, and it was basically these two. Um, these two guards, they're just walking away from a battle and they get caught up in this weird adventure. And their representations were R2-D2 and C-3PO. Oh. Yeah. So all you listening out there, watch Hidden Fortress. It's black and white. It's in 1950s. It's in Japanese. It's Criterion. It, they're subtitles. Don't complain. So wait, who, wait, people <laughs> complain about Criterion? Well, you know, I don't know. It's a black and white movie, right? You get if you get new new people like watching film, you know, or maybe like kids watching movies. Oh, it's black and white. What the hell is this? And I'm not gonna lie, I was that kid early on. At first, when you know, um, my mom used to watch back when AMC used to do like those nothing but classic movies. You know, I used to moan and groan. I was like, oh, these these are boring and dreadful. But of course, like years later, you're like, you know what? I can sit there and watch these all day. Yeah, me too. I can watch it. Like, it's so funny. Like, um, I was at my dad's house for a couple of days. I'm over the weekend, Labor Day weekend. And it's like, we're sitting there, we're watching. It's like, okay, we could watch Mad Max. All right, that's on digital. Um, I think there was, I'm not sure if Avengers, no, it wasn't Avengers. You know, a couple of new movies that were out, big budget movies. All right, fine. Like, we were almost like small children. Like, when we found out that we missed um, Magnificent Seven. Oh, my gosh. And it was that, and um, was like it was Silverado, and there was like a bunch of like old westerns or just like these classic films that every time he would turn to the channel, they were ending. And it's like, shoot, I I've become that guy already. Like I, I'm not even mm. 31 yet. Like this is bad. Well, unless it's a Kanye West video or Bobby Shmurda, then black and white and something doesn't really pass. Right? <laughs> See, that's what they should do: get Kanye West to remake classic like Kurosawa movies. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know if that's the worst thing or like the most interesting thing to see. Now, and the thing is, you don't play it for a joke, you know, you don't put like Seth Rogen in it. You put Kanye West as the main character and have him remake these movies completely straight-laced. Like, this is a serious production. Every cinephile would probably like stone me to death, but I think it'd be worth the laughs. But 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 you know what though, like, when he made that uh, was it that 30-minute short film yeah. off his album, it was pretty good. It was really interesting to watch on a visual level. So it could work. 
it could work, but then you're also talking about somebody who, all right, it's one thing if you hand them like, you know, either music or whatever, but I'm talking like just straight dialogue and like really intense emoting. Well, I would say Kanye shouldn't act in it. You should only direct it and also score it. But everything else, give it to other, give it to other people. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. And where is he? Well, no, he's on, um, what is it? Empire. Empire. Now? All yeah. right, because is he still angry about the whole Iron Man thing? Because every time I turn around, there's another article where he's like calling out Robert Downey Jr. and all this. Ah, uh, who knows? Man. He's got Empire money, man. He's got Fox money. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. He's one of the few Fox shows that's <laughs> seen the second season. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How can these people like this show? Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I think about all the shows like, okay, this took off and yet almost human got canceled. And I'm still heartbroken about that. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, I know. That was a good show. But then again, how how far would it go? It it, it almost felt like, uh, felt like a movie. It felt like a movie idea put into a show. You think so? Well, again, how long could it go? It could have gone, right? Well, I mean, if it was one of those things that if they described it as like, let's say a miniseries, because TV is finally embracing the miniseries again, or I should say like network television, like where they're yeah. now starting to go back to that idea of having shows where there's maybe a miniseries or having like shorter seasons where it's like maybe 12 episodes as opposed to like 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it did that, then yeah, it could have worked. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, you're you're left to believe that like it was just kind of getting started, and it was a little like a cop procedural at first, but yeah, yeah, you could have really toyed around with some things if maybe they had a bigger budget. But like, I felt like it was just starting to come into its own, and then it got the axe, and I'm like, oh, this is a bummer. So yeah, I just got a, I mean, a recently updated Windows uh, 10. Uh, not working out, I take it. No, need to clean up my porn hard drives. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I got to get the external hard drive, man. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's true. It's like, uh, okay. I guess it's t- thanks, Windows 10. Oh, boy. You know, you know you're in trouble when you need an extra storage unit just for all of that at once. See, see, why, why don't they ask Bill Gacy's these questions? Like, Bill, we got a huge porn collection. What do you do? What do you recommend? <laughs> well, well, you, you better use some uh, Windows uh, external hard drive. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure whoever designed that, I, I'm willing to bet, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's one of the first things they thought of. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, what are we going to do with all this porn? Our hard drive can't hold it. <laughs> external hard drive, man. It's the future. Yes. And you know what's funny, though? Like, external hard drives, like, for instance, on um, my old laptop, I poured water into it and like, it killed the power supply. Thankfully, oh, no. the hard drive was intact. I was able to get like this wire from Amazon. And basically what it does is it connects like, let's say, like a, a laptop hard drive yeah. by US, uh, via USB into, I guess, another computer or laptop. And so basically now it acts as an external device. So really, all most external hard drives are just like your regular computer hard drive with just some fancy casing. Oh, nice. Uh, it's a little, maybe a little bit more complicated than that, though. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it works the same way. I don't even remember what we were talking about before. Uh, oh, we were uh, ending uh, almost human. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I was done with that. Um, yeah. But your top three. Now this is tough though because I was already invested in the fact that Avengers once again was going to be my favorite movie of the summer. Yeah. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. I loved it, and I'm sure once it comes out on Blu-ray, I'm going to love it even more. However, mm-hmm. Mad Max kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. That movie had been, what, over 10 years in the making? More than that? Like, they had been, George Miller had been trying to get that movie off the ground. He was he was going to make it, then 9-11 happened, and then Mel Gibson went crazy, and all this stuff was going on that, for whatever reason, they just couldn't get this movie made. So by the time mm-hmm. it happened, I'm like, I'm not that interested in Mad Max. Like, all right, Charlize Theron looks kind of cool. She's got the buzz cut. Tom Hardy's in it. He's pretty awesome. You know, so I'll, I'll get around to seeing it. Was not expecting it to be that good. But then, like, the day it came out, Twitter just blew up. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Like, I think what I think the UK got at first, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, like, the reviews were, like, unanimous for it. And then it got over here. The more people were talking about it. And I was originally going to go... I wanted to go maybe go see it in like an IMAX or like a large screen, but I'm like, you know what? If this doesn't do well, 
I've already spent like close to $30 on this movie. So you know what? I'm going to go further into my town. There's a little uh, small theater up the road from me. I'm going to go see it there. And I saw it on a small rinky-dink screen. No one was in there except for me, these kids behind me, and then there was like another young couple like up in like the in like the way back in the theater. Mm-hmm. And of course, <clears throat> before the movie starts, the kids behind me, they're all, you know, they're laughing, they're giggling. I'm like, oh come on, they're not gonna ruin this for me, are they? Once that yeah. movie got going, nobody spoke. And yeah, it shut them up, yeah. I had ordered this giant soda because it was hot as hell. I finished half it before like the third trailer was over. I had to go to the bathroom, but I'm like, I can't miss a minute of this. I will, I will soil my own clothing before I miss a bit <laughs> of this movie. And it's weird because I can't say that I haven't seen anything like it because I have, but what it did, it did very well. Yeah. Well, you can say that you haven't seen anything like it in the past couple of years. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Cause this is definitely like they made a totally eighties movie. Like a movie where it just didn't care. It did its own thing, pretty much. Yeah, like you got a little bit of character development. Well, you know what it is? There was plenty of character development, but they did it in such a way where the movie didn't have to stop to explain things. It just went. Exactly. And it's like, if you didn't know what was going on, tough shit, we're driving into the next thing. All the Mad Max movies worked as uh, westerns. Right. And this is exactly like just another western. You got the, the gunslinger that comes into town. You got the main bad guy who holds the town captive or who rules the town. And, you know, uh, a bunch of people escape with the, with the prizes. The gunslinger helps them. Then they, there's just a chase in the desert. It's pretty much the same thing. But it's done really well with all the combat and, and everything and so forth. And that's what that was so great about it. And to tell you the truth, though, I'm not going to say I was bored by Max slash Tom Hardy. I wasn't. But again, Furiosa, Charlie's there, and she just sold that movie for me. And it could have just been her shooting at people as she's driving, like the war rig. And it would have been like one yeah. of my favorite movies of all time. Like she just killed it. Yeah. Well, well, the thing about Max is just basically just a way for you to get introduced to the world of Furiosa because it's, it's pretty much Furiosa's movie. Right. He's kind of like the viewpoint character. Yeah. And the best example is that uh, if you pick up a Conan comic book and you get uh, Conan brings you into the world of red sonya and then it's pretty much a red sonya story you just need that one established character to help introduce this other character because there's really not much to explain for max except if you know if you've seen the other movies you know what max is then yeah if you haven't seen it then you get a little backstory as to who max is and he's pretty much that's who he is the whole the whole way but then you're but he introduces you to this new character there were characters in that movie I wasn't expecting to care for. Like in the first couple of scenes, what's the war boy? Um, Nux was his name. And I'm just yeah. kind of like, oh, I can't wait for this kid to just hurry up and just, you know, bite the dust already. Cause he was just like, he just kept coming back. Like he was almost like this little, he was almost kind of like this parasite that just kept latching on to everybody. But then by the mm. end of that movie, you're just like, you feel about as bad as uh, for him as you do Furiosa and her storyline. And it's just, this yeah. movie did. I've never seen a movie do so much and yet move so fast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's a two hour movie, too. And it doesn't feel like it, though. It feels like it really just kind of it just breezes by pretty quickly. But yet you get this entire universe and everything is pretty much established. And there weren't too many instances of, wait, so what was that about? Or wait, how do you explain that? I'm like, yeah, it would be cool to get a little bit more backstory and turns out how did like you know joe take over and whatnot but you really didn't need to and that's just that as far as that goes few movies do that and do it well so that's definitely up there on the list but again it's uh some things you don't need that much of backstory you just presented with okay this is martin joe he's taken over and you just give him clues as to who he is and you come up with your own uh your ideas about who this uh, Martin Joe character is and how did he came about. It, it's kind of like with a, you know how they're going to make a, an origin movie for Boba Fett? Right. But really, do you need to make an origin movie of Boba Fett? Why not just tell a story about Boba Fett? Right. You kind of, well, you already know his origin story and they told that in episode yeah. two. Yeah. You, you don't need to like to showcase oh, how he, be, he became this and this and this and this. Like some characters, it, it, it's cool that there's a mythos about him. And you come up with your own ideas. That makes it even better. Well, Whereas maybe if you if you try to explain more, it's like, oh, okay, all right. 
I guess he really can't call it an origin story because, again, we already know it. Like, you know, he's a clone. His father was a bounty hunter. Yeah. And, well, this kid pretty much watches uh, <laughs> his father get decapitated <laughs> by, you know, one of the most badass Jedi ever. I know. Yeah. And then it's, I guess, well, he now he's this angry young kid who, I guess, is now forced to. You almost kind of wonder, though, how the hell did he get off that planet? Yeah. Well, maybe that that's what the movie will be about. <laughs> this guy getting off the planet. You're like, all right. So, um, meanwhile, after all the Jedi leave as they're chasing, you know, the Count Duke and everybody else, they're like, um, anyone leave a kid behind? Like, it, is, is someone <laughs> gonna go get this guy? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's he's just a kid. We don't. Uh, nobody cares about. Him. <laughs> now, how cool would it be if it turns out he was stuck on that planet for years? And it's like, what movie was it? The one with um. The last Riddick movie where he's like on this hostile planet, he's forced to survive. Oh yeah. Like how great would it be if it just turns out that like Boba Fett, like he just was stuck on um I can't remember Geonosis was it? I can't remember the name of that planet where he's just stuck there for years and like basically forced to fend for himself, which kind of cre- causes him to be a lot more angry than we let him on to be. It'll be cool to see, but but also think about like, okay, you're told about okay how his backstory. You're just told about it for like five minutes. You, you like you the viewer, you the fan. You come up with your own ideas of how we escape the planet and everything like that. I don't know. It's either give me everything or I'll come up with everything. Right. It's either two different two different types of people. I do like that one fan theory though that um, Boba Fett was the one that killed uh, Anakin's remaining family. That's why he actually uh, he hates them. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot where I heard this. This isn't mine. Um, it might have been like crack.com, one of those type of articles. But remember, this is going back. Um, this is 1977. This is A New Hope, Episode 4, or Star Wars, yeah. as the old heads call it. That mm-hmm. scene when Luke comes back after getting the droids and, his, of course, his, his house is, like, blown up and his aunt and uncle. Yeah, are, Uncle Owen. Yeah, they're, they're like, skeletons Luke. or whatever. Obi-Wan makes a comment about the fact that the shots were too accurate to be troopers. Yeah. So, and it's like, okay, well, that sucks. Then I guess later on it was Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader is giving a briefing to all the bounty hunters. And he's like, you can use any sort of means that you, um, you wish. And then Boba Fett, I mean, Darth Vader turns directly to Boba Fett and points at him. He's like, no disintegrations. And I guess oh, this fan theory okay. basically surprised that somehow Vader knew that it was actually Boba Fett that killed the last of his family and he's really pissed about it he can't stand this guy especially but yet he's so desperate to find you know his kids that he's you know he's basically going for broke yeah which i think there were there were more elements to that theory but it was kind of amusing but it also kind of gives vader a little bit more humanity because it's like okay yeah he's this badass lord of the sith but he was still upset to find out that you know the last of his family other than his kids have been wiped out in the senseless killing i say uh contact jj hey jj this is adrian what do you think about this (laughs) oh believe me like try that (laughs) tweet him yeah jj i have this podcast adrian of the issues we came up with this theory oh my god jj abrams comes on this show are you kidding me like i i think i would when you have someone on the show and you're kind of a fan of them, it's hard to have a conversation without coming off as like that really annoying Uber geek. Yeah. But I would have to ask him about so many of his other movies before we even got to Star Wars. I mean, Super 8 alone is was incredible. You gotta ask him about Felicity. That's that's a one. Oh, Forget about everything man. else. Really? That Felicity. was his too? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Get the hell out That of was here. before Lost, yeah. Oh, uh, you know what? I would have to ask him. And I was like, all right, so whose decision was it to cut her hair? Because, you know, they ruined the show. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. What the hell are you? <laughs> you had something great going on. <laughs> and then she had to cut her hair. And watch her be like, you know what? You son of a bitch. And then hang up. Like, I'm yeah, responsible I for the guy who got J.J. Abrams angry. <laughs> <laughs> but you you know what? Like, it's the Twitterverse. Might as well. Hey, just just give a shout. You never know. Chances are no, but who knows? Stranger shit has happened. That is very true. That is very true. So before we go, though, okay, we talked about your favorite summer movies. Do you have any that, I don't want to say they were the worst, but did you have like did you have a few that maybe you didn't particularly care for? Uh, Well, not really. I, I would say a disappointment, or it, it kind of like solidified the disappointment, was Fantastic Four. Okay, so you did see it. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I went to the theater. 
Uh-huh. Now this is <laughs> so. This is the first time I've actually <laughs> talked to anybody who has seen the movie because everybody else, and almost rightfully so, kind of avoided it. So, what was your take on the whole thing? It's really an unfinished film, even though they have a film out. It's not a dark and gritty film. They were doing something interesting. You can see where Josh Trank and all these guys, the different take they were going with it. It's a very science, sci-fi film about a bunch of kids and they find interdimensional travel. Okay. And they get to do that. And then when they get their powers, is all the, the crazy stuff that happens to them. And it's almost a, in a very realistic way in how they become tools of the, gov- of the military. And, they're just, and also, they're just kids. So they don't know. They're just trusting what their uh, Dr. Storm is saying or their, their surrogate dad or their, you know, their guardian is, is telling them to do. To find a cure and everything. Everything leading up to when Doom goes back to uh, his planet is really great. I would encourage everyone to check that out. When they go to fight Doom, that's when they add in the Marvel formula. And it becomes total trash. Because it's a two it's two different movies. Right, that's what I heard. That essentially the studio was mad because Josh Frank had went out of his way to, I guess, make a more of a story-driven kind of movie. And then at that point, I guess the studio, they wanted more of a, you know, your typical action movie, summer movie fair. Yeah, I think uh, I read this one thing after test screenings and... I would say the the reception was negative from the early test screening I read. But when you see it, but have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. However, I did follow a lot of the, uh, yeah. the back and forth, like a lot of the drama, because Josh Shrank, you know, he made his statements. The studio did this. And there's this yeah. whole account of all of these things that went on. And to tell you the truth, you really don't know who to believe because there's so much spin involved and because everybody's at this point exactly trying to keep themselves from looking like the bad guy and going back to where we're talking about apocalypse now that's going to be a hell of a documentary in a couple of years oh totally hell yeah you got two finished acts the first and second and you got five minutes of the ending basically and it's really an unfinished movie and the ending is only five minutes it's pretty much the same thing in the in the original uh, Tim Story, Fantastic Four movies. Yeah, they get together. They they gotta use the powers. They gotta fight. They're pretty, they're pretty much the Marvel Avengers formula: beat the bad guy and voila. But it's two different tones. It's two different movies. It's it's a crazy thing. I've been doing this thing lately, and maybe it's not even necessarily a good thing. But I've been watching like a lot of movies, especially your big budget movies, and doing this thing where I try to determine: okay, how much of this was the writer? How much of this was the director? And how much of this was the studio that said, "Okay, this needs to change." And not yeah. gonna lie, as much as I love the movie, you could definitely feel that with um, Age of Ultron a little bit. Oh yeah, totally yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you remember when uh, I made that tweet last week about uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier? Oh, yeah. And I was almost yeah. gonna t- I was almost tempted to make this entire episode about that movie because it's just that good. Well, it could be. <laughs> it's been five minutes. Every time I watch Cap- Winter Soldier, it's like, okay, this is, this is not really a superhero movie. Not at you know? all. No, this is a, like, I don't want to say legit movie. It plays more like a thriller than like your standard superhero movie. Yeah, it's something that kind of breaks breaks out of the superhero genre, in a sense, right? Right. I felt that same way about Ant-Man, because some someone had said this a while ago, and it made kind of sense to me. It made a little bit of sense to me where someone had said the one thing about, let's say, the Marvel movies that's sort of been, while well, people claim that they all kind of play out the same, but at the end of the day, like they're... They're playing with other genres within that formula. Like Winter Soldier is like a, this, you know, action spy thriller. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy is more of your kind of like your almost Star Wars type. Yeah, space that is adventure. You know, right. Ant Man was your was like a heist movie and so on and so forth. And now they're saying that Doctor Strange is gearing up to be like almost like the supernatural film that isn't like yeah sure there's gonna be heroes and villains at the end of the day but it's not that same sort of that same thing that you get from maybe some of the other movies and that's kind of interesting that even with that formula they're still tweaking it a little bit so you can actually see other genres at play mm-hmm. and winter mm-hmm. soldier is like the best example yeah and like uh, winter soldier but thing will also go back to ant-man it does have some heist elements in it but it still follows the, the iron man formula and everything it's all, everything's all connected and everything's all touched up in a pretty package and everything like that, in a sense. Like, there are some great moments in that, man. Michael Pena. Yeah, Michael, Michael Pena. Pena oh, man. He, I think he, he walked away being the favorite in that entire movie. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, though, all that stuff is really awesome. But, but thing is, like, when you look at Winter Soldier, it's like, they're doing little things here and there. It's like, whoa. Like, they actually got away with this, you know? It's like, like nobody at uh, Marvel or Disney, like, overlooked it. It's like, hey, wait a minute. What are you guys doing here? You can tell, like, <laughs> you can really tell when you watch the movie that this is what the Russo's intention of doing. And it just plays out as like, it's, it's really hard to describe, except that when you watch it, you will understand. It's, you know, what it's, 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 it's like confidence. It's confidence in yeah. the fact that the Russo's, because like, okay, let's take the Thor movies, for instance. Yeah. You can tell that there was a little bit of uneasiness in how to approach the movies. Did they want them to be sci-fi? Did they want them to be more action? Did they want to be romances? There's, there's a lot of weird tonal shifts with like, let's say the Thor movies. And even yep. like let's say with um the last two Iron Man movies, because I mean granted I'm a fan of all three of them for different reasons. But the third one, I would say definitely the third one where there's a lot of dramatic elements, you know, they're playing out the fact that Tony Stark, you know, he's dealing with a lot of PTSD because well he basically died in space and you know fell back to Earth through a friggin' wormhole. You know, yep. that kind of screwed with him. And yet there's a lot of comical elements and you're saying to yourself, well, it's, it's kind of weird to see him, a guy who's in such dire straits, still kind of joking around. But with Winter Soldier, it's almost like the Russos knew exactly what it was going to be before it even like yeah. rolled film or, or digital, rather. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, if you watch any, I'm sure you can find them online easily. If you watch any of the, their community episodes, you can tell uh, when you compare it to other community episodes, like even though the episodes in community are well-made and everything. You can tell, okay, these are Russo-directed episodes. You can, you know their style and you know what they're trying to say, their vision. And that's the same thing with Winter Soldier. It's It may be under the Marvel banner, it may be Captain America and everything, but this is what they wanted to tell. This is a story they're telling. And the fact that you got Captain America get shot three times, he almost he almost dies, basically. He's, he's, in, the, he's in the hospital on a gurney. Uh, everything's dismantled and they're talking about uh, what is it, uh, when Hydra looking over the gov- US government and even the world, they're talking about like surveillance and everything like that there's all these little themes here and there of like that mirrors our current world and our fear of government conspiracies and this and uh, everything as such and it's it's very Metal Gear Solid as well. Holy shit! That's I didn't even think about that till you just said. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's it's pretty much no need to make a Metal Gear Solid movie. You made it. Captain, like Captain America, America versus like Shadow Moses. <laughs> yeah, I mean Shield uh, really. Yeah, like uh, Hydra are like uh, the Patriots, right? Yeah, they're running. They're running everything. The the three Helicarriers are um, are the Metal Gear Rexes and Rays. Because they're big, they're these big machines. They're supposed to like be uh, the uh, the all 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 end all uh, to stop everything. Like you can't; uh, these will destroy everything. Kind of like the Metal Gears, right? I think uh, Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes is Gray Fox. Then you got the yeah Hydra. You can also say Hydra's the Lali Lulelu and everything <laughs> like that. Oh man, that, that that's thing. a that's a Lali deep Lulelu. reference. Yeah, and uh, it was a you can say uh, Black Widow is sometimes uh, very Meryl. Falcon is also another like Metal Gear character. He's almost like Autocon in a sense. I and Falcon really like that. I was always a big Falcon fan, but never in a million years would I ever would have thought they would have did that in a movie and done it well where it was believable. Like you had no yeah. problem believing that this guy is flying. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the thing is like the tech there, right? It's also it's military tech. And that also goes back to Metal Gear Solid. Just everything is so military in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, most I have like a bunch of friends who served in the military, and also they they really like in depth into this into this shit. And they say like, no, like Kojima and his team does it. Like everything in the game is exact. Like even from uh, from the weapons, from the way to stand, and everything and such. And they never got in trouble for that. I don't know if you've heard. I'm sure you've heard that story where the guy who wrote the script for Die Hard of the Vengeance ended up getting like uh, brought in by the government because basically his knowledge of how the Federal Reserve worked was yeah, almost too yeah, exact. Yeah. So I wonder how That's the insane, uh, right? how, how did yeah how did Kojima not get in trouble because I mean there was they were talking about a lot of stuff that I mean 
almost well, feels like it's, it's not it's not out in the open. <laughs> well, well, I guess because it's under the back then it was like oh it's video games right like who gives a shit about video games, but now it's like but now video oh ho oh, oh, ho oh, oh, to all you assholes who's talking about video games look it's a billion dollar <laughs> it, it runs world man we're making movies about video games now man. Think about it. Oh man! So yeah, what the sort like I I shoot I should I forgot we had talked about that because now we're just gonna have to talk about that at some point again because uh that that movie still I think to this point might be definitely in my top three favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, same here. It's it's definitely uh it's definitely their best movie. Civil War is gonna be tough at the same time as like I trust the Russos that they have they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think uh oh totally for sure. Civil War will, will kick ass. Like next year it's all gonna kick ass. All the top three. Uh, there was a Civil War, Suicide Squad, that's gonna be so bomb, man. That's gonna be so wicked. I hope so. I mean, I hate to be that guy to sound like, you know, the the guy that dude that complains on the internet, but from the pictures and I saw that that trailer, I, w- I really wasn't convinced. I mean maybe the movie will come out and it'll look better once it's all together. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as far as trying to sell the movie so far i'm not terribly with it yet but i'll go see it what else am i gonna do yeah exactly i mean yeah (laughs) i i I do this all the time i'm like i'm not gonna go see that do i think the one time i said i was gonna go see something and stuck with it was probably fantastic four otherwise everything else i've gotten and seen and whether i liked it or not is a different story but look i bought the ticket so they got my money at the end of the day so yeah and and also i think it's like uh you also gotta like you gotta go see it and check it out. There are a bunch of movies where people talk trash about it, but when you go see it, it's like, oh, like this is a pretty hype movie. This is pretty awesome. You know, definitely. You know what I mean? It's like, like the best examples are Scarface and Blade Runner. Back in the day, you can. It's all there. Uh, the research. No, everybody hated Blade Runner. Well, critics-wise, same thing with Scarface. It got panned, but now, years later. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Every time he watch goes to set, make a movie, he watches Blade Runner. He has Blade Runner playing on set. Uh, that, from what I've read, and Scarface has basically influenced an entire generation of people. Yeah, Blade Runner was always a favorite of mine, though, because I know my dad enjoyed it. And even mm. as a kid, I never knew exactly what it was about that movie. But there was just something they've never made that movie again. They've tried to ape that style, but there's they've never been able to quite get futuristic movies the way that Blade Runner did. You know the thing about Blade Runner is that uh, I remember in in films in film class and back in high school, it, it pretty much is like a film a film noir. Yeah, it's a it's a detective story, except it's set in the future. You, uh, the, they might have taken the production design because you see in production Blade Runner production design everywhere. But they don't go the film noir aspect of it. They don't actually like devote entire film to be a, a detective story. That's the thing. And even the aesthetics, though, because most movies that go futuristic, and even like let's say like The Fifth Element, something yeah. along that ilk, it's the future is always represented in this very clean, very sterile type of environment. Whereas mm-hmm. Blade Runner, it was it was dirty, like it was, yeah. And it was, and I this is of course before it became a buzzword, but it really was a gritty movie because yeah. it presented this, the the future not as you normally would see it. Yeah, and that's the thing is, but also it has to fit into the film noir and detective world, right? Because right. when you look at all those movies back in the '30s, it was always it was very dirty, it's very grungy. All like all these detectives are Private Malone and so and all the all the Humphrey Bogart movies, uh, they were like he dressed nice, but everything they were harsh, uh, like contrast in the blacks and they got all the smoke and gunfire and all these uh, shady characters and everything. So it's a very dirty world. So so with Blade Runner, if you're telling a really a true to heart uh, film noir, but it's set in the future, then yeah, it, it should be dirty. If you go into the, if you're basically telling a, a street story, right? Right. If we're going to uh, take it to Scarface, uh, uh, Scarface and Carlito's way, I like Carlito's way more yes. because it's it's more very street. It's very urban. It's very like dirty and and in your face. Whereas uh, Scarface was just a product of the eighties, the excess. In a way, it's almost. And the problem is, I can't watch that movie now, and it's not because. I, I think it's necessarily bad, but it's hard to watch Scarface now where because it's almost so over the top. It's almost comical at times. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Carlito's uh-huh. way is really like aged brilliantly. Yeah. And I think it's because of, of the of the setting where it is. Oh man, this has been so much fun. Steve, Steve, thank you so much for hanging out, man. This has been a lot of fun. Ah. I don't get the you know, I, I talk a lot of comic books and it, it's I don't really get a chance to geek out for movies much. Well, yeah, well we can talk about comic books next time. Also. Oh, de- definitely. <laughs> like, no, whatever, man. This, this has been really cool. But before we go, gotta let everybody oh, know where they can okay. find you online. Okay, okay. So, uh, where you can find me and tell me I'm full of trash, I'm full of crap for all of the stuff I say there. Uh, go to the Twitter handle at Wasted the Show. You can also find me on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, just uh, search uh, facebook.com slash Wasted Show. Or hell, if you want to ad friend me and spam me and tell me I'm crap on my wall and everything, facebook.com slash Steve.Kasan, K A S A N. I'm also on Instagram too. You, it's, I'm not hard to find. Just type in Steve Kasan and that's me. And we can talk about Winter Soldier all all the time, man. Fantastic Four. Oh, you know what? What movie <laughs> came out this summer that I haven't seen, but once it comes on a Blu-ray, I gotta have you back on Terminator. Yeah. I totally forgot about Terminator. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good movie, but it's definitely the fourth movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that same thing. My sister, I think you said the same thing. It's like, look, it's not better than the first two, especially not the second, but it's it still fits in there. Yeah, it it fits in, but it's definitely down the line. It knows its place. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that quote? Like when you're seeing like a, a a movie being advertised, like Rolling Stone says, "This movie knows its place." Yeah, exactly. It's just like you, you're gonna watch uh, Captain America: Civil War. It's a great movie. It's a good Marvel movie, but you know you have to watch the other movies to see this movie. <laughs> Well, okay. Oh man. <laughs> well, that'll do it. For, <laughs> that'll do it for Adrian has issues. I'll see you next issue. This is Jake. And this is Travis. And we are the Drunken Dork Podcast. Tune in every week and listen to us discuss the finer points on superheroes, the latest pop culture news, as well as all of our favorite booze. You can listen to us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or the Stitcher app for Android. And be sure to catch up on all of our episodes by visiting us over at www.drunkendorkpodcast.wordpress.com. And remember, folks, you have one liver. Ruin it well.